0: On this episode, we talk about micro-credentials, embracing technology, and opening up university degrees. Hello, gents and ladies, and welcome to Experiment Q podcast. I'm Tudor, your host, which means it's my job to interview world-class researchers, educators, entrepreneurs, and creatives who design amazing learning experiences all over the world for everyone out there interested in education this show is for you our guest for episode 13 of experiment q podcast is chiara carlino project manager at cineca the biggest university consortium in italy and communication manager at best the italian open badge platform Based in Bologna, the city with the oldest university, Best is an active player at home and at European level trying to innovate learning credentials and to rethink the future of diplomas. It was a great experience to be in Bologna and to contrast university history with a new certification paradigm. In this episode, we discuss the current state of micro-certification getting a degree by combining learning from multiple organizations, democratizing the training market and building trust for digital degree providers. Shout out to Galea Sajin for making the experience in Bologna a very special one. Now, without further ado, please enjoy episode 13 of Experiment Cube podcast recorded on March 16 in Bologna, Italy. Karen, thank you so much for, for your time and for hosting us at uh, Cineca. Um, before we go into the topic of this discussion, which is microcredential and uh, the story behind BEST, uh, we usually start with the story of our guest. So to give more of a context for our listeners, Uh, what is your personal uh, role into this and the story, um, and it adds a bit of the personal touch to the whole conversation. So first question is, uh, what is your professional story or path from the moment you studied to the moment uh, we are here today?
1: Yeah, okay, so thank you for having me first. And then, uh, well, I think that unlike... um, some of your other guests and unlike what might be expected from being here i'm not an educator and i'm not uh, a technicians either Uh, i studied philosophy and but i i've always loved technology uh, so I started with Semantic Web, and then I did some of user experience, uh, software analysis, digital marketing. And now I'm, I'm here in doing yes, what is basically business development about education and educational technology with open badges and other.
0: Mm. So can you give also a bit of the context of uh, Chineka and uh, what's what's so special about this uh, this place?
1: Yeah, well, Cineca <laughs> is a consortium of universities. It is the main consortium of universities in Italy and it started by providing high performance computing for universities back in 1969 and then it expanded its uh, its area of expertise by providing IT solutions for universities. So basically every system that uh, universities use to run themselves from student information system to HR management to e-learning or whatever, most of those are here or are managed. Uh, managed by us. And this is a pretty rare uh, format, I think, mm. even in the international center. Yeah, it
0: was exciting to discover the, the place and walk through the server rooms uh, yesterday. Um, what are you most passionate about at the moment?
1: Yeah, well right now the most exciting project I'm involved in is uh, it's called Open Agri. It's with the city of Milan and mm. it's a very new uh, European funded uh, program called Urban Innovative Action. Uh, it's about innovating big cities mm. and uh, actually what we are doing is renovating uh, um, an agricultural building in the fringe of Milan and turning it into an innovation hub so that we will build new competencies new skills and new professional profiles and that's what what badges are for in this in this context it's very uh, very exciting because we are learning very much through this new experience
0: Mm, that's a great bridge into the next question which is what did you learn this year already that was like an aha moment or a wow experience for you
1: Mm, yeah (laughs) well uh I will go back into the end of last year, but <laughs> um, I, I was talking, I think, at a conference uh, about open badges, and we were thinking about the fact that open badges are quite old already. They were began in twenty twelve. More or less. So for a technology, it's quite a lot of time. So why why aren't they mainstream yet? Are they wrong? Good question. Good question. <laughs> I ask myself questions. Um, and somebody talked to uh, told me maybe it's not. This is not a technological innovation which would be supposed to be already mainstream in this time frame. Mm. This is a social innovation. So it takes longer. It's really a different perspective. And this was an uh, aha moment. Yeah.
0: So I don't know if we can call it uh, a failure that is not mainstream yet and people didn't adopt it, um, but it's a great way to link to my next question, which is uh, how do you approach failures?
1: I think the most <laughs> difficult thing about failure is seeing it. Because mm-hmm. when you are working at something, uh, you are very prone to making excuses. Yes, it didn't really work, but it's just because mm. there is the context, there is some other reason, uh, it is going to work in just a moment. It's, uh, the most difficult is really to, to see it I see. okay, this was wrong. Let's do it differently. When you see it, mm. the rest is easy.
0: I see. And on, on the opposite side, what is success to you?
1: Oh, well, success <laughs> in technology is when it just works. In general. And you don't have to explain anything. It mm. just works. This means you've done things right. When I have to write a guide explaining how to do something, that's not good. That's mm. not proper success. I see.
0: That's interesting. And um, because we are on the topic of uh, open badges, I don't know if this is an answer to the future, but what in your point of view is the future of education at, at the mm. society level
1: Yeah, from where I see it, so from a a community who's mainly based on technology innovation, about education and on uh, expanding recognition and uh, evolving education, I think it's going to be more open and more diverse. So we are going to to need to recognize different types of learning and to open up the way that we think about Mm. learning. I think this is the main... It's direction. going to be
0: excited if it happens. I hope it happens. Hope. Um, now, the last one in this short intro segment is the question about music. So <laughs> imagine your, your life's work gets translated into a song. What kind of music is it?
1: Oh, well, <laughs> I have to do something with synth because uh, yeah, it's technology. So I go with synth pop. Okay. Electric, digital, but with feeling.
0: Okay, so on the electrical or uh, electro note, we can uh, jump into the next mm-hmm. um, segment and go deeper into what uh, BEST is doing and what's the story behind it. How did this project start and what was the, the original idea or motivation behind it?
1: Yeah, Well, as a technological provider, we need to make sure that we are uh, aware of any innovation trends. So we were asking ourselves, what is next? In educational technology, because mm. we need to make sure that we can support our universities if they want to go there. And so we met open badges, and uh, we've also Um, seen and read a lot of reports about the very famous skill gap between Mm. learning and employment so we thought we'd go into that and prepare some platform that could help bridge that gap and do something in that regard
0: and what year was that when you just started to brainstorm and think about the project
1: it was 2015 it was summer when we went online (laughs) july the fourth i see
0: the the big day for us um now wh- who are the people behind the project but in terms of their their backgrounds so the, the
1: yeah of course we have a uh, technological team with the project leader who had the idea and is the the head of development uh, here yeah. for universities and for uh, yeah, the other business units and um, other uh, th- the rest of the tech team is made of analysts, uh, user requirements, and uh, developers uh, yep. whose background is mainly in IT or also physics.
0: Mm.
1: And then we have the editing team who is based in Milan, who uh, helps day by day the customers in uh, writing their badges and uh, and issuing them. Nice. see. Uh, yeah. And, and then there's me, who's communication and business development.
0: I see. Okay, exciting. A lot of people involved in this. It's interesting, the interdisciplinary uh, expected. So, you know, some of uh, people from our audience uh, know about open badges and and micro-credentials and they look into this technology, but we also assume that a lot of people will find this as a new concept. So for everyone who is listening and it's new to this topic, can you explain briefly how the system actually works, like who who is involved, what parties participate, how is it uh, thought of?
1: Well, basically, uh, an open badge is a micro-certificate, a micro-credential that is currently issued by one institution to a recipient. Mm -hmm. The institution designs the open badge, so decides what is into that, what the badge is currently representing. It is a competency, a set of competencies, how do I describe them and how do I verify them. The criteria are very much important. All this is summed up in the image that you see of the badge. Mm -hmm. When uh, a learner meets the requirements, the criteria, the express criteria, then the organization issues the badge to the recipient and this actually means that that image gets some metadata about the learner, about making it possible to verify the badge, so it is always verifiable, and about what competencies are in there and which the criteria were.
0: By now you have multiple organizations on on the platform. was, it, uh, was the adoption immediate uh, when you launched it or uh, was it like a bit suspicious or difficult? Like what were the initial reactions when the project was launched?
1: Well, this, the initial reactions were mostly very positive. Mm. Um, nearly anybody whom you talk to gets, wow, this is great. I love it. <laughs> but the adoption process is a different thing. Mm. Uh, When we talk about adoption, then comes another moment, different moment where you need to think how it fits your current business, your current process, Mm. what you would do with that. And this is much slower, of course. Uh, So what we we try to do is understanding the different needs of the different organizations, like companies Mm. or universities or trainers or associations or schools or whatever, and try to understand for each of them what are the plus, what are the benefits, and maybe try to do something specific to help the use of uh, an organization type. This is why, for example, for universities, we built an integration between BASTER and the student information system that most Italian universities are using. Mm. So we... Mm, practically enable the recognition of the learning that has happened and is represented by a badge, maybe in a third-party organization. It can be recognized and transformed into credits, university credits in the student information system and go directly into the diploma supplement, for example. Mm. This was meant to uh, give something very specific, very practical and very useful to a kind of organization, which of course is extremely important to us.
0: Um, So also in this line of vote, uh, by now on the website, uh, you have 66 organizations. um, And uh, it's very interesting that they come from different industries, like their public institutions, universities, companies. Do you consider this number a success um, or you wish there were more organizations that joined best?
1: Well, I don't really wish to increase the number per mm. se. I would like to increase um, the, the intensity of the use. So, yeah, 66 is a lot, more is also better. But uh, uh, what I really would like to see is learners coming multiple times and earning mm. multiple badges more often than they already do. They already do, but I would like it to be uh, more often. I would like them to go through different issuers Mm. and really activate the idea of having a competence and then drawing your own learning path through the next and the next and the next competency. Mm.
0: Um, Besides the fact that uh, you can have multiple badges from different issuers uh, on the platform. There is this notion of um, time or the expiration uh, that we have in in anything we learn, really. So there is part that is stored and we keep it for for the future, which we can uh, use again, like, I don't know, math or something from science. Uh, But if we don't use it, then it's uh, devalued. Is it the same with badges? Like you earn it and then um, you... its value expires in time or because it's smaller and more agile it it stays more uh, viable. I don't know, what's your thinking about that?
1: In this matter, it's not different with badges than with any other form of certification or Mm. recognition of learning. Uh, The technical answer is that a badge always has an issued date so anybody reading it, just as with any other kind of certification, can decide if this is too far away. Mm. Uh, it is also possible to have a proper expiration date when uh, mm. uh, the badge answer as being real, valid, but expired. Uh, Nobody is really using it right now, but it's <laughs> theoretically possible. And uh, but yeah, what we are thinking now is it's really just a, a thought and an idea. I don't know where it would lead, but we would like to add something uh, to make to keep the badge alive. Mm. Okay. Uh, so that you have a kind of placeholder for your competency that you earned maybe two years ago but as you practice and have more and more evidence of you practicing that competency that you might maybe uh, attach it mm. to keep it alive
0: that would be interesting so uh, at, at the very beginning you mentioned that this idea is not uh, that the open badge idea is not uh, completely new um, and uh, there were organizations trying to do similar work uh, since uh, 2011, 2012 with Mozilla, mainly advertising or promoting the concept. Um, Why do you think now it's the right time for uh, for open badges and micro-credentials?
1: Well, I think now the need has emerged Mm. to recognize micro-learning and micro-achievements, where micro does not mean they are minor, but just that they are atomic. We Mm. need a way to highlight competencies and achievements that we do uh, even without getting to a big, high-level, years long uh, goal of of a degree or or something. It's not that this is not valuable, of course it is, but there are so many things that you learn in between, and you do have learned them even uh, before that you get to the end of the path, and even if this is just a one-spot experience. And also, if you consider the flexibility that is required from the job market mm. and the whole concept of new professions coming up that didn't exist five years before and what exists uh, five years ahead in time, how do we answer to this kind of professions? We, only, we can only do it by uh, combining sets of competencies that we obviously need to have learned before the need mm. of this profession arises.
0: One challenge that uh, that we looked at um, when um, researching open badges, uh, besides interoperability or in-between issues, um, it's also this question of um, trust or standard. So, when as a university, perhaps when you have a curriculum, there is a standard agency or someone who says, "Okay, this is according to the standard." We can test against it, and you will be good with a diploma. When uh, we go into granularity, and we have multiple uh, organizations issues badges, and you have a portfolio, it's more difficult to track every single um, organization that issues the badge and says overall this is of a high quality or, or low quality. So I wonder what are the prerequisites for organization to to issue the badge to make sure that this is of good quality
1: well there are no specific prerequisites any organization can do it Uh, On BESTER we do, of course, some uh, checks that they are proper and competent uh, um, organizations, but basically the concept with open badges is is that this trust that you need to have in the organization as issuer uh, is highlighted by the network of uh, Mm -hmm. organizations who are around a given competency or a badge. Each one brings his own trust. For example, if a badge is issued by a university, it has uh, the trust of that university. If it is issued by a small association, the small association might not be known, but mm. you can, uh, other organizations can give their endorsement to that badge. So anybody who reads the badge can know that it is issued by a small association I don't know, but it has an endorsement by a company I that I, 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 I know So it is easier, it should be easier for the reader to understand the value. Also, the fact that criteria are expressed and evidences are attached should help in analyzing the value of a a given badge. If the criteria is you attended a conference, this tells me about your engagement, but Mm. not really very much about your competency. If the criteria is you developed a project and here it is attached, the presentation of the project, for example, this is Mm. a different matter. And I can evaluate it. And combine this evaluation with what I know from the issuer, from the endorsing organization, from the learner himself and so on.
0: So it's multiple criteria, because we yeah. wondered like it's good for established organizations, but if you are a new training uh, agency or company and you, your brand is basically zero you're just starting it's very difficult to issue badges that will be valid mm. uh, on the market or yeah, yeah. by a- people
1: endorsement is is the yeah. answer because you probably are not alone in the world you do have a network that most people mm. won't know about
0: so talking about trust and, and brand um, usually the universities mm. Uh, were able and are still able in in their majority to provide the certification or diploma as a ticket to your future. So you go for university, you get a diploma, and then with that ticket, you go on the market and you get a job. A lot of people say that this is in danger now, uh, that technology is going to change everything, and the same rumor was about MOOCs, but it didn't really work that way. Do you think now... The, the micro-credentials, the open badges are challenging, the, let's say, the business model of universities, or they will be good?
1: <laughs> I don't think they are being disruptive for yeah. universities. It's just a matter of moving the light. Open badges are a way to highlight some activities that universities already do and are already precious, but often are over- overlooked. For example, extracurricular activities that many universities uh, engage in, they provide them to their, to their students to, to build something more than just the, the prescribed study path. Mm. These are overlooked. A student cannot write every single activity that he has done. But with open badges, you can highlight the competencies that come from there. Uh, also, for example, uh, the most advanced use that we have uh, currently on the platform of the Open Badges from a university is the University of Milan-Bicocca, who is issuing Open Badges for degrees, for actual, proper, traditional, formal degrees. Exciting. Why? Because <laughs> once, one one reason is because this makes degrees digital. So, suppose uh, that we we expect everything to become digital, a degree needs to be there too, and we try to do it right now with open badges. A second reason is that it, uh, with an open badge you get a chance to explain the value of a degree in a shorter and more readable space. Uh, compared to reading probably maybe the whole uh, study path, every learning activity that is inside it, so mm-hmm. what this university uh, actually does is writing inside the badge not only the competencies of course that are, um, that are built during the study path but also some data that are specific to the student and that help um, that help an employer understand what the real value of that degree is. Not only uh, what, what was your score, but how that score places among your peers. So given the, a set of students that uh, enrolled with you and that your, your same study path, if everybody got the maximum score point and you got it too, it's one thing. If everybody or the most of people got a lower score point and you got the maximum, it's a different thing. This is a valuable information and it is there on the badge. Uh, international experiences, for example. For this, there is a separate uh, open badge, international student, stating every international experience that the student has had during its university path. This mm. is something valuable for the employer and it is the university that is considering this and expressing it in a way that it is, that it is readable, verifiable, portable. So it helps highlight things that are already into university activities mm. and helps employers, uh, in particular employers who might not have a, a dedicated HR department, I see. understanding uh, um, also degrees coming from a different country. Uh, if I come mm. with an Italian degree, to a, to a different country, those employers might not know what I had to do, what is implied by my, by my mm. degree, and they might not have the time or the will to uh, get proper information about this, so we are trying to help them.
0: Uh, getting what is valuable. Mm. It's interesting uh, that we talk about the model of the university in the city with the oldest university on on the continent. Also, the the Bologna uh, system was introduced here in the 90s with credits being transferred. Mm -hmm. And by now, there are like 50 countries all over the world in this system. And now also, we are in Bologna discussing the micro-credentials. Do you think that this will be also adopted soon by by other universities globally? Because we also saw there is an Open Recognition Alliance and, and yes, so on.
1: Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, since you mentioned Bologna, there is also the Bologna Open Recognition Declaration, mm. uh, which was opened. Uh, in one year and a half ago here in Bologna during a conference that we uh, contributed contributed hosting, the EPIC conference. (laughs) And um, it is about uh, committing to opening up the education and the recognition Mm. of competencies. And the University of Milan Bicocca was the first university officially signing this declaration. Cool. So we are on board Mm. uh together on this uh, And that's, this travel with that's exciting this and we' we'll, we'll share
0: links to the websites yeah. of the uh, towards the declaration and also the, the university. Um, one thing that you mentioned also in, in our conversation of the camera was the the technology innov- innovation versus social innovation. Uh, and we talked about the, the university is now switching the sides towards learners and society. What do you think should happen in the mindset or our view towards education that people uh, adapt or adopt uh, this kind of n- credentials?
1: Yeah uh, one part of this process I think is already happening and we need to de- to be more conscious about it and this is a bit about uh, the theme of uh, self-branding or self-advertising mm-hmm. not necessarily in uh, in a bad way but in meaning that not that we need to be aware that not everybody can get to know us personally and understand what we are capable of what we can do we need to help people in different circles, in different communities understand what our competencies are. So we need to make sure that we learn, that we do, that we achieve things, and that we uh, show them, not just for advertising, but really to provide them in to understand who we are as as a professional and as a a learner. As organizations, it's just the same, because Mm -hmm. the competencies that you build and that you give to your learners are the competencies that you have. But if you do not provide a mean for these competencies to be shown, how can anybody know about it? Not everybody can really get into your organization and understand. And this goes if you are a trainer, but also if you are just a company doing on-the-job training because the competencies of your employees are the competencies that you offer to your customers.
0: And I'm curious, uh, what is your personal opinion, uh, on, on the next question as also as a philosopher, um, we have so much data about companies and projects and we have dashboards and everything, but there is very little data that we know about ourselves. Now we've, we have a bit of like quantified self-movement with fitness and so on, but um, when it comes to knowledge, to education, to like credentials, uh, it's very fine line between, you know, OK, you promote yourself. It's a good brand, but it's also about bragging and people are not comfortable with it. So from the culture point of view, why do you think we have so little data about ourselves?
1: Mm. <laughs> we are, I think we have a lot of data about ourselves, but little significant data, mm. because significant data about knowledge, about learning, need to come through reflection. Mm. The easy data is, is easy. It comes through Facebook, for example. How many friends do I have? That's a lot of <laughs> data, and that's totally useless for, from um, self-building point of view. Mm. From a self-building point of view, what you need to do is necessarily start by reflecting even showing off, you can do it if you have thought about what you are doing, what you can do, and you decide what you what you want to express. This needs a bit of uh, engagement. You need to do that. It does not come for free. And this mm. is probably why many people do not do that, because it's not free, not easy.
0: Mm, I see. And um, next one is about connecting the dots. Um, You mentioned in in a conversation yesterday about learning paths and being able to connect badges from different organizations into your own learning path and your own career development plan. Um, How do you see this executed within Best in in the upcoming future. Yeah,
1: what, what we are building right now, and this uh, is connected with the project I mentioned at the beginning, the one with uh, Milan, City, OpenAgri, is building actually a, fun- a functionality in Bester where we will be able to express these pathways. And this will not be personal pathways, but suggested pathways that the issuers, the same that uh, provide badges, suggest to their learners. So, if you have this competency, we suggest that you might also choose this other and this other competency to go towards a specific new professional profile mm. and this is something that we are currently building and how it will uh, practically work among different issuers is something that we will work out with the community it's really uh, a first try that we are that we are giving at this idea. Mm.
0: And talking about community, um, on the website of the Open Recognition, there there was a document about 10 challenges of open badges. Mm -hmm. And one of them was, okay, we have an effort now in formal recognition of informal, meaning an institution says, okay, your extracurricular activities are of value, here's a badge for what you do as an international student and so on. But when it comes to peers and community, there's not much now uh, that allows informal recognition of informal experiences. Okay. So do you have any thoughts on that or any plans to to prototype some ideas in, in Milano, for example?
1: Yeah, yeah, we are working on this too. There is another, another European project we're involved in. Uh, It's called Mirva, which is about making informal recognition visible and actionable. And uh, yes, we are uh, working on it mainly from a conceptual point of view right now. There is no technological solution yet. We are starting by a bit as you are doing. We are starting by learning uh, how recognition happens and how people who do or do not do or receive recognition expect it to be in order to think how we can support it Mm. with technology so, i see. yeah this is a problem we are very much aware of
0: and and talking continuing the idea of community and uh, I, I specifically want to focus on access so the common belief usually when it comes to open badges that it's going to democratize learning and and recognize all the learning experiences that people have at the same time there is a criticism uh About this idea that I would really appreciate maybe your thoughts on it, which is when it comes to access, uh, people that have resources like money and support will collect more badges and will be more competitive on, on on the market versus those who don't have the means to really diversify their learning. So they will probably limit themselves to, you know, just a normal degree or or some few activities. Mm -hmm. So in in theory, it's it's meant to democratize and provide more opportunities, but it also can be used as an unfair competition. So
1: what do you think? Just like anything. (laughs) Uh, But actually, the idea is that um, Open Badges as a very simple tool can be used by just anybody, any mm. organization. So it will be more easy for smaller organization, maybe also working uh, with disadvantaged disadvantaged disadvantage situation to provide uh, a certification as an open badge than providing a degree, for example. Of course, they probably already provide a certification, but when has anyone used a paper certification of a course? Never. So mm. uh, just the digitization and the competency orientation of an open badge should help in showing off the learning that happens even in a smaller contexts.
0: Mm. We've, se- we've seen also on, on, on the website that uh, there is a lot of effort on the European level, but also in US with open education to bring multiple stakeholders and discuss this idea of micro-credentials. At the same time, there are a couple of organizations trying to uh, build platforms uh, for to to serve these needs. Um, how do you see the the common language in between different technical platforms where badges are hosted? Uh, is it a challenge or it, it's They really have a system to talk to each other.
1: That is very easy because the the starting point of open badges is that they are open. So they are an open standard and any badge can be read by any platform supporting the standard. So this is just by design, open. Uh, This is very uh, simple as concerns uh, the single open badge. All the services that are built on top of those Need to be built accordingly, but we are really doing it right now. So there mm. is not yet a matter of uh, interoperability because also the community is very active and we talk to each other a lot. So uh, that's good. <laughs> yes. I, mean, I don't, don't really see the problem yet.
0: So let's switch um, and think about the future a bit. First, if you had no constraints or limitations, what would be your absolute dream scenario for best? Like, where do you want to take this project?
1: Yeah, well, I will be very happy when I will have <laughs> companies asking for training and services to leverage the open badges that they have, that they receive in resumes and that they have within their, their organization. This will be, I think, a big achievement because it means that the ecosystem is running, that we have learners with badges, issuers issuing badges, and employers using them.
0: mm and talking about ecosystem do you see it mostly as the Italian ecosystem or you have plans to expand globally and what what exactly are you doing to get there uh,
1: Currently we are focusing on on the Italian context the platform as any web platform is of, uh, can be of course international and we have uh, some international projects with other universities in Europe for example um, but yeah, our main focus is with Italian universities and contexts. Mm.
0: We mentioned earlier that the future of credentials or diplomas is digital. So from this point on, uh, we will see more universities diversifying and offering like digital degrees. But do you see a chance that we will also try to digitize and make granular? previous diplomas, like from 20 years ago, 50 mm-hmm. years ago.
1: Yeah, well, actually, the uh, Milan Bicocca University actually did this, not for tw- oh. from 20 years ago, but for some degrees, they issued open badges uh, to degrees who were who had been already, already given mm. from some years ago. Yeah, it, it is possible. It's just a matter of deciding if it's interesting, and yeah, if it is, sure. Mm.
0: And what is your current need or how can people that listen to this interview support or help in any way possible the project best?
1: Well, I'd like you to talk about it, (laughs) ask for recognition, ask for for open badges, but basically for recognition. And if you are a a policymaker or an institution, yes, please talk about it.
0: Mm. We'll get to policymakers in a bit, uh, but it will be you'll be on the other side. You will wow. be on their side. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, try to summarize uh, this uh, conversation and uh, also play a game later on. Um, but first, do you have any must-read uh, science articles or books or maybe documentaries that you suggest for educators or maybe also? Parents who want to understand better this type of credentials and the future of, of this project?
1: Well, I, I don't think we have any books yet because it's quite new. One thing that I do suggest is to follow on Twitter the Open Badges hashtag because most of the conversation of the community happens there. And there are a lot of very mm. interesting professionals, writers, researchers, practitioners who publish articles, of very deep thoughts. I suggest that.
0: Mm cool we'll link to that now the playing the empathy game so uh, we will go around and imagine that you are a representative of different social groups and uh, the question will be how would you act being part of that group so first you are an educator and maybe you are in a public school it's very rigid you have the curriculum you need to follow the lesson plans and so on but you also want to credit or you want to uh, recognize some of the efforts that uh, your students do. Um, extracurricular activities or collaboration and so on. How can you do it? Maybe independently of the school, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. What would be your action?
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, first it needs to be, I think, very connected to the teaching experience. Mm. So it needs to make sense. Uh, I wouldn't want to just give uh, stars, achievements, uh, prizes just for the sake of it. And if it is um, if what I'm going to recognize is a precious competency that my pupils maybe w- would need uh, when they are looking for a job in a couple of years, uh, I might try and get, uh, give them an open, an open badge for that because it stays mm. with them and is keeps being verifiable. Um, otherwise, if it stays inside the teaching experience, maybe there are different uh, different methods that I could use, but I would really try uh, to have the pupils understand what they have, what they get, mm. uh, what they develop, what are the... Um, the richness that they are developing uh, independently from maybe hopefully Mm. hopefully from my presence
0: now second role you're a pupil like uh, maybe teenager and uh, you're not really happy with the school the curriculum you find it boring rigid uh, not really answering to your interests and needs but you have access to the internet uh, you can interact with other peers How would you organize your e-portfolio or portfolio of uh, learning experiences?
1: Yeah, well, first I think I would need to build one, uh, meaning I'm building a set of experiences. And for this, I I think it would be uh, totally important to keep learning and doing things outside of the school if that does not Interest me. There will certainly be some context, some community, uh, some set of peers, some context where I'm engaged. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, I would try to. I know from from, from, from this point of view that I should <laughs> be trying to remember to um, to document what I say, mm. what I what I do, and uh, try to reflect every time that I do something. What I learned what I used, which competencies I used, and maybe also how can uh w- will I be able to use them in a possible workplace yeah, yeah,
0: and is there a specific platform that you would use to document everything like perhaps bester can you use yeah, it uh, not yet not okay. yet
1: currently Bester just uh, issues uh, the open badges to to build a new portfolio that there are. Lots of platforms, but really it isn't important, it can just be a Google Doc with links uh, to my YouTube videos on Instagram photos or uh, anything. Just be uh, technologically free. Just do it.
0: (laughs) All right, now finally arriving to the policymakers. So imagine you become the Minister of Education in Italy or any country of your choice. What will be the first three laws or actions that you promote?
1: Oh, wow. Well, I should give uh, schools a lot of money because this seems (laughs) to be always the issue. (laughs) And then I I would promote even more the active learning I mean there's been a lot of talking about flipped classroom and who's in the educational, educational technology sector is practically bored about that, but it is not real. It does not happen in all the schools. so mm-hmm. this really uh, should happen a different way of of teaching and engaging uh, uh, and engaging students, and of course of recognizing what happens uh, inside the schools, not necessarily uh, by having the kids. The, by making them closer to the workplace just by having them think reflect and having something to to show to to know that is that is precious that it is useful
0: imagine you are the benevolent dictator and it's also called the T-shirt question, because whatever you say, we're going to print it in T-shirt and release it along. Oh. A, a, this is a, terrible. No, 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 this is great. It's fun. Um, so imagine you, you have the power to, to buy all the advertising space in the world. And instead of burgers and Coca-Cola and whatever, it's a social message. So all the humanity in one minute sees the same message um and that's your chance to to pass a message to the world so what does it say
1: okay treasure learning see your learning make it visible
0: beautiful it's on a t-shirt perfect (laughs) (laughs) now the last one is not a question is more like an open stage and um, imagine you're don't talk to me but on the other side of the camera also the headphones it's perhaps an educator or a, a child who thinks critically about their learning path and, uh, or, um, what will be next with their career and so on. And you, you have the chance to speak directly to them. What, you know, you just have a dialogue. The stage is yours.
1: Okay. <laughs> well. Wow. Uh first, don't, don't fear technology. I'm talking to, to you, educator. It's not something you need to use. It's just a tool and it will help you. Think what you can do. Technology might most probably help you. And to you students, do not focus just on technology. It's not just something to do. You do not need to learn how it works where you should click that's not the point understand what's behind it and use it at your advantage
0: thank you very much finally where can people find more about the project, about you, if they want to get in touch after this uh, interview and and maybe share some feedback or ask some questions.
1: Well, the easiest way in place is the Bester. Bester It is the platform and we have a blog, blog blog.bester.it, which I write. (laughs) So there you learn, uh, I hope, a lot about the project. If you're interested, there is a joint Bester uh, button with a form and we are also on Twitter There is very easy to get in touch Yeah, and it's also me on Twitter
0: yeah we did so uh, Kara, thank you so much for this conversation it was really interesting and especially the aspect of uh, social adoption and how uh, people will adopt uh, open badges and micro credentials in the future this will be very interesting to watch and follow how this unfolds in our culture and society so thank you for very much for your beautiful work at best and thank you for your time
1: thank you very much thank you
0: hey there a quick note before you head to your next adventure today first of all thank you for your time and support it allows us to share stories like this with the world and do something that we truly love second this episode is part of a larger project where we travel for 12 months in 40 plus countries to look for and tell stories of amazing educators, entrepreneurs, and innovators who shape the future of education. If you are interested in this project or you want to find more, please head to experimentq.org or patreon.com forward slash experimentq and find more details and behind-the-scenes stories. Again, thank you so much for your support and time and we're looking forward to see you in our next episodes. All the best!